welcome everybody to Live, Sail, Dies. Coverage from Tokyo, the sailing, day 11. We saw the 470 teams out there for the medal races. Andrew Brown here next to me, four, resident 470 expert. That was a tough watch, you know. It was so close there for Dan and Paul. Almost had it, but realistically, half the fleet didn't show up for the medal race and uh, you know get involved, which made their life very difficult. Yeah, exactly. They they left it all on the water. You could see, um, you know, they actually sailed a really good medal race. Probably just a few too many points to, to come back on. You know, they they left out. You know, during the qualifying. But yeah, they sailed a great race. As you said, there's only four or five boats in that in that race. You didn't see the others. Yeah, you could certainly see the cream rose to the top there. You had uh, the top four places overall. One, two, three, four around the top mark. Um, and everyone else is too far behind to get involved. Dan and Paul needed to get people between the boats in front of them, and, and yeah, they did as best they could. The Americans got in there to help out a little bit, but a uh, little too late. Yeah, just a little too late. And again, you know, they'll be ruining those one or two points. You know, that's all all they lost a medal by, and and yeah, they'll be um, yeah, it's a bitter pill, but you know, they they should be proud of um, how they sailed as well. Yeah, totally agree. Um, the 470 woman. You know, a, a, a pretty dominant performance overall for the whole regatta from the GBR team of Mills and McIntyre, Brownie? Yeah, exactly. They they did awesome. You know, um, Hannah is now the most decorated um, sailor at the Olympics with uh, another gold medal to hang around her neck. They just, yeah, they sailed awesomely. But there's a little bit of controversy at the end of the race with the French protesting. I haven't seen an actual protest in a medal race before. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Tell me, tell me yeah. more about it. So, um... They were saying that um, the British, they protested the British for letting the uh, Polish in at the bottom mark. And so that actually went to a protest hearing. And obviously the British couldn't infringe anyone. They'd lose a medal. So they just stayed out of the way of the other boats and the protest was dismissed. Well, it was always good to have a bit of controversy in the end. But there, there was a change around at the end. There wasn't there. The Polish ended up taking the uh, silver from the from the French team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, um, again, you know, as we said yesterday, the medal races at this regatta have been exciting. They've been a great watch. The, um, you know, again, close to, I know there were no spectators, but there's a lot of team members out on the breakwater, you know, and the medal races, especially, I guess for me, the Finn one was probably the most special, the closest. But yeah, the medal racing has been good at this regatta. Now, so Brownie, if we look we look back at the Olympics now as a bit of a review, you'd have to say for the New Zealand New Zealand team, at the, you know, coming away with a pretty disappointing result. Really, it certainly wasn't what they're after. One silver medal, they would have had a lot higher expectations than that going into this games. Yeah, Rio five years ago was their most successful Olympics. We had a lot of the team members from that Olympics going into this one, so they would have been. Um, really looking to improve on that that Rio performance, and and for them one silver medal, they'll be really disappointed, and and not more, you know. And I know that there's a lot of public that are disappointed here in New Zealand, but the sailors themselves, they've put their hearts and souls into this. They'll be the most disappointed from this one. Oh, exactly. We can sit back on our couches watching and uh, critique all we like, but there, there's no one that's ever harder on. On themselves, as themselves, you know, what, critiquing their own performance, as you say, and and you know, we had five of our six crews were in Rio, 
this time round. Um, so they, they know what success is like. That would have driven them over this last five years. Um, they've had all had that same goal, and then you know none of them have really achieved what they they set out to achieve. Unfortunately, no. And um, hopefully, you know that they 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 stay the course and they they do some good robust reviews from from this games, learn and and we've only got three years till the next one, and hopefully set in place some you know some things to help fix or not fix, but you know help improve for for the next Olympics. Have to say, a, a very impressive display from the GBR team yet again in sailing. Um, you know, five medals, three gold, a silver, and a bronze, to to easily be the top country. Yeah, and and when you come to performance, you know, we were talking, you know, at the start of this two weeks about, for example, Giles Scott. He, you know, yeah, he he's there or thereabouts, but a dominant performance from him. To win, and you know he put the performances out when it mattered. You know, Dylan and Stu in the um, in the 49ers, they won, and and you know I didn't even pick them in the medals, and mm. so yeah, we saw the performance when it mattered from the GBR team. Yeah, so we have you know if we we look down the the medal table and just taking sailing for instance, you got the GBR clearly out in front. Australia had two golds. Um, you know, impressive performance. The Dutch, China, Denmark, Brazil, Italy, um, all with gold medals. Uh, New Zealand sitting down in 11th on the medal table with Croatia, Hungary and Poland. Probably not, not countries we're normally sitting around. No, no, exactly. So, so yeah, this has been, um, you know, for the New Zealand sailing team, this has been the worst Olympics since 2004 when I was at those Olympics. We didn't win a medal and and that one there has been, you know, even before that we'd always won medals, and yeah, that was a disappointing one. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to have to have um, some, some reviews and and see see what they can do to improve for next time. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure they do that after everyone. I have full confidence they'll be doing that uh, very thoroughly. So if we just look quickly through our our teams that were in Tokyo Brownie. Josh Jr. in the fin, uh, fifth overall. He was seventh in Rio. He was in, in the hunt, you know, he was, crikey, he was in medal position with one leg left of the of the medal race. But probably like some of our other sailors in the fleet, just left a f too many points out there through the qualifying, going into that medal race, needed everything to fall his way and it didn't quite happen. So probably just left a few too many points out on the table early on. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and... And again, you know, you can go back the what ifs, you know, what if he saw that, that Japanese boat in the first mm. race when he was having a good race? And and if you look at a lot of our guys, their first days yeah. weren't as stellar as they could have yeah, been. He had a twelve and a ten out of a out of a nineteen boat fleet is exactly. a bad day. You know, and, and again, you know, all these guys, you know, with two weeks to go, their build ups, you know, I know there's been COVID involved, it's been there for everyone. But all these guys, their build-ups, you know, they're great sailors. We know that. You know, he was third at the uh, Finn Gold Cup, and he won it two years before. So, you know, he'll he'll be disappointed. But, you know, when you have a 12 and a 10 at the start, it's you know, there's a lot of points Put, right there. It puts the pressure on, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Laser Sam Meach again, talking about a tough first day. He had two 19ths um, that really put him on the back foot early on. Um, 
he only had three top threes for the rest of the regatta. He got himself close, close to back in there, you know, um, but, you know, just realistically scraped into the medal race. Um, it was about all he could do by the end of qualifying. So, you know, he had a, he had a knee injury early on, I believe, where he, he didn't feel comfortable in the boat, um, which would have hampered him early on in, in the piece, which is a real shame. But again, for someone who was a, a bronze medalist in Rio, his target would have been to do better than that. And so to only finish 10th, again, he'll be gutted. And, um, you know, hopefully he hangs around and has another crack next time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he... You know, we've got quite a good laser squad here in New Zealand and there's, you know, others coming through as well. And, and yeah, hopefully for Sam, you know, he has a review and, and you know, moves forward and, and, you know, goes for it. Because, again, he's, he's called Mr. Consistent in the laser fleet. Tenth is his worst regatta he's had in a very, very long time. So I guess carrying on the themes of bad first days, Brownie, unfortunately, um, you know, Alex Maloney and and Molly Meach in the 49er FX. You know, their results on the first day is, was another one that, uh, you know, probably put a lot of pressure on them for the rest of the regatta. They, they capsized in that first race when they were right up there, OCS in the second race, and then a fifth. You know, to be honest, the points-wise, it was a bad day, but realistically, the way they looked to be sailing on that first day was, was pretty good. They just, you know, those two pretty major mistakes cost them and again for the rest of that regatta they had moments where they were back in there after eight races they were potentially if they'd nailed the last four races they probably could have been in a chance of the medal that table was so congested but then they finished off those last four races with a couple of real bad ones which uh, knocked them out of the top 10 that's how close it was yeah exactly you know it must have been mentally so hard for them to to be able to come back from that first day you know they were they were winning the race when, you know, and yeah, they may have slipped to third and when they capsized, you know, a big gust and then, you know, were, you know, starting a few seconds early in that second race, you know, mentally, when they were going so fast on that first day, they were right there. So for them, you know, they couldn't really make any mistakes or push it too hard. And I think that's, you know, a little too conservative in some of the races and, and yeah, as you say, you know, just a little too much to do, and and yeah, they they ended up. But again, you know, great sailors. Earlier on this year, they finished fourth at, at a Lazzarotti regatta. You know, again, they they went into these Olympics doing all the work they could have done, and they were, you know, they would have been looking for a medal as well. So yep. you know, yeah, I, I, feel, I fell for them. Yep, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Nakra, Mika Wilkinson, Michael Wilkinson, and Erica Dawson. You know, 12th overall, they were pretty much 12th the whole regatta. It seemed to be where they were destined to be. I know that they'll, they'll be disappointed with that result. They, they were, I guess we would have called them our most outside uh, medal prospects going into this regatta, but certainly would have been aiming to be in the top 10. Um, again, a, a, a challenging build-up with Erica's leg uh, five weeks out. But I think, you know, that that's a pair for me that has gained... A, excellent experience at the games been their first games and three years to the next games I'd be watching out for that pair. Yeah exactly I think it's a great springboard for them you know they would have learned a lot they you know they had um, you know Jolie our you know golden ex-golden silver medalist from the 470 helping them out they'll be um, you know hopefully they both use this as a great springboard to move forward in their careers that they 
you know, two young individuals who are who are great sailors, and you know, hopefully they push on three years' time. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we've already touched a bit on on Paul Snowhanson and Dan Wilcox and the 470 men. The last time they'll be sailing together, the 470 men is now you know no longer a class at the Olympics. Two points out of a bronze. You know, they were tenth in Rio, fourth here. So gutted for them to get that fourth place. But, you know, I guess, you know, yeah, they'll be disappointed, but they can also be very proud of that result, really. Yeah, exactly. You know, they should be proud. They, you know, again, they, they won the Europeans a few weeks ago and they spent 10 days training with Matt and Will, you know, and and you could see that they've had a, a good build-up and, yeah, they left it all out there on the water. Again, as we said just earlier, probably left themselves with a little too much to do going into that medal race. Yeah, not quite nailing enough top fives in a small fleet to, to be consistently there hunting for the medals at the yeah. end of the qualifying. Yeah, and we've seen that with a lot of our guys is, you know, the the fleet sizes are slightly smaller, especially in the male fleet now. Only 320 athletes get to go to the Olympics now. The, um, you know, and it's 50-50 male, female, so... So they've reduced the numbers in the fleet. So the fleet sizes are smaller compared to when you're racing a World Cup or a World Champs. So, yeah, you can't necessarily just be Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Consistent throughout the, um, the racing. You've actually got to nail some top two or three results. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, uh, Peter Burling and Blair Chook, silver medalists. Yeah, we all know that they would have gone there with one goal in mind. To be to be gold, you know, for me they did everything they could. They sailed a, they sailed a great regatta in a very very tough fleet. Um, again, the middle race was a phenomenal race to watch. You know, two seconds difference. They, it could have been a very different story. They'll be gutted. You know, they're happy. They'll be gutted. You know, very as you've we've seen their interviews, mixed emotions. But you know, crikey, a silver medal to go with their already silver back in London and gold in Rio. That's um, you know, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, they've got a, you know, they've got a busy schedule coming up. They'll be flying to Denmark for Sail GP and and moving forward. But yeah, they'll they'll review this and and you know the next Olympics in France in Marseille where they've already won a world champs in the 49er. It's only three years away. Who knows if they're going to go again or not? You know. Yeah, well, I guess that's the interesting thing with this whole New Zealand team is, you know, where are we going to be in three years' time? You know, we've got quite a few of their sailors, you know, Pete and Blair, you've got Josh Jr. in the in the fin, along with Andy Maloney as coach and, and partner. They're obviously going to be tied up with America's Cup stuff if we find out what's going on with the America's Cup. You know, that could be as early as 2023 here in New Zealand. Potentially could be 2024, almost conflicting with the games up in Europe if it happens to be up in that part of the world, which is a fair chance. Um, you know, so they, yeah, they would have very different build-ups to a games, or maybe couldn't do a games, depending on things. Um, obviously, the 470 men no longer a case, so now we've got 470 mixed. So that's going to need new teams to to start trialling. Three years is not a long time. No, exactly, and and. You know, do we actually have the numbers of people for these guys to sail with? You know, there's not too many 470 female crews, you know, lining the streets here in New Zealand. And and again, you know, with the young young females coming through, you know, it's you know, who who would you sail with? 
What are you going to do? As you say, only three years to go. You've got to qualify the nation next year and the year after. And so you're getting selected in two years' time. So really, it's only two years. I guess so. It'll be you know a little bit interesting for these classes. You know, the, certainly the newer ones with the, the kite falling coming in and wind foiling as well. The windsurfers, how that selection process will run as well with qualification. Will the selection process still be? as stringent as it has been in the last little while or will it need to be relaxed to give the chance for some of these teams to to build up from from scratch yeah exactly and and i guess that'll that'll come out you know in the wash in the next few weeks um yeah big shout out to um our sponsors bng and also to predict wind who over these you know last 10 or 12 days with the olympics on i've been looking at the weather every day getting there their current models, there's a lot of current out on that, that metal race course yesterday. Uh, Predict Wind predicted that well. Again, their forecasts have been pretty bang on the last 10 days. I've been, you know, for a, for a, for a person that's quite picky, I've been really, really impressed with how accurate those guys have been with their forecasts. It's been awesome, you know, definitely, you know, go search them out, use them wherever you're racing in the world. They're awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, and a shout-out to Sailing Energy. Thanks for all the cool picks coming out of Tokyo. We've enjoyed bringing this to you. Cheers, Brownie. Thanks, see Cam. You, Thanks. See, see you guys all soon.